Well, good morning. Um, before we begin this morning, I wanted to just talk about a few things because obviously it's been a while since we've met together. Uh, for me, I know it's felt like forever. Um, and so I just wanted to talk about just some things about what people are going through and maybe what you're experiencing right now. Um, for some of you, this has been a really, really hard time. And uh, some of you lost jobs, some people have uh, lost family, or you've been uh, distanced from people that you love, and, uh, and, and just other difficult things. And I just want to say before we begin, like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to lament. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to be sad. Uh, some of you had vacations planned. Some of you had wedding plans. Some of you had just uh, time with friends, and, and you miss those things. And I just want to say, like, it is okay to just take some time and bring it to the Lord and be sad about it and cry about it and, and lament uh, those things. Um, also, uh, on the other side of it, some of you are experiencing things that you have never experienced before. You're, you have this joy. You've, you've spent more time with your family. Um, you've, you've even got to know their names by now. It's pretty exciting and amazing and incredible. And God is doing just wonderful things. And you're learning from the scriptures every day. And you have coworkers who are interested in Jesus. And you're rejoicing. And I want to say, that's okay. You can rejoice. You can laugh. You can have this wonderful time in the middle of this. And, and, just, and, and for some of us, most of us probably, we're experiencing all those things in one day, um, that you're laughing and you're crying and you're doing all these things. Um, and so I just want to say that, you know, as the church, we rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those who weep. And you guys are experiencing the full gamut. And it's okay to feel all of those things. And you can bring them all to the Lord. And uh, he will listen to you. And he will hear you. And, uh, and so I just wanted to, to share that begin, and, and I just want to start off by praying for, for all of us. So let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for this opportunity. And uh, Lord, I, I just want to say that you would, I, I pray that you would be near the brokenhearted in this day, and you'd be near the fearful, and you'd be close to the angry, and that you would, you would hear them, and, and they would cry out to you. And God, also, I pray that you would uh, just be encouraging us, and, and I know you have for so many, and we thank you for the encouragements that you've given us in the middle of all of these things. And we just want to know we love you, and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, we're going to continue in our sermon series uh, this morning called In Christ. And what we've been seeing is, is when we become followers of Jesus, there's this beautiful phrase that says, In Christ. And, and it, it tells us all of our benefits and all of the, the joys that come with being a follower of Jesus, what it means to be in Christ. And it shows us all of our benefits, but it also shows us what God is like in the middle of all of this, that, that in Christ we get to see so many different aspects and facets of God that are, that are really um, incredible. Um, I, I was thinking about this, and I, th I thought about um, NASA, when they study the sun, um, they, they do a lot of different things, and they have lots of different um, telescopes that, and with different lenses that, that isolate different wavelengths, so they can study the sun in its different parts. They can isolate a certain feature of the sun and be able to study that. And what's really amazing is you get to see these photographs of, of, of the sun in ways that you never thought possible before, maybe never noticed before, and what you see in that is you get to fully appreciate all the different pieces and parts of uh, the sun, all the different wavelengths that emanate from the sun. 
And in the same way, uh, the words in Christ really, uh, the words preceding and the words that go after in Christ really are the lenses by which we get to see God. And we get to see his, uh, what we would call his attributes. And so in this series we have, in Christ, we have seen, um, we've seen God's justice and we've seen God's mercy and goodness and grace and knowledge and, and omnipresence, meaning that he is everywhere and he's all powerful and he knows all things and he's faithful, right? We get to see all these amazing different attributes of God in Christ. And that's what we're going to be talking about um, today. And, and, and the, the word that we see that in Christ in Christ, we are adopted. In Christ, we have adoption. We are all adopted into the family of God. And so what we're going to see today is that adoption reveals God's goodness and God's love. Let me say that again. Adoption reveals God's goodness and God's love. Adoption is the act of bringing someone into your family and giving them all the rights and all the privileges and all the inheritance of being a family member. It's not that you're like family, you are family, okay? So it's, it's not like, you know, the, these different things. you're not a friend, you're not an acquaintance, you're not a, a neighbor, you're not a, a, a pesky, uh, you know, person that just kind of shows up and eats all the food out of the fridge. You are family, you are family. You have all the rights and all the privileges and all the inheritance that, that come with being part of the family of God. That's what, when we become followers of Jesus, we are adopted. Now, I'm, I'm passionate about adoption. I love adoption. We have lots of families in our church that have adopted. And, uh, and, and what, what we see and what I've come to realize as I've, as I've been pursuing and, and looking at adoption for all these years, it's one thing that I, I have found that is a stark reality is this, is that no one gets adopted because their home life and their current situation are great. Nobody gets adopted because their current situation is ideal. In fact, when we, when we adopt people into our families, when, when we are adopted ourselves, it's, it's because we have this gaping hole. It's, this, it's this, uh, this place of marked with tragedy, marked with pain, suffering, longing, brokenness, that, that our current state outside of our adoption, um, we need to be brought into a family. We, our, our situation is not ideal, and we have this deep aching and longing in our hearts. And when, so when we're adopted into the family of God, we're, we're brought in and we are brought into a family and a family with a loving father. And so people have asked me, like, well, how does adoption work and what's it like to be adopted? And so that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today. We're going to be in two different verses, one in the book of John and the other in the book of Romans. So if you have a Bible, you can, you can kind of earmark those things and we can, we can go with it. But in John um, chapter 1, verse 12, we see this process of adoption. And talking about Jesus, it says this. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Let me say that again. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
I'm gonna, I want to break down that verse and talk about uh, to receive Christ, to all who re- would receive him. And the word all there means all. So anybody who would receive Christ, what does it mean to receive Christ? It means to grab onto. It means to take hold of. It, it's, it's this idea of, of seeing Jesus and being very intently focused on him. To, to grab hold of Jesus is to receive him, to recognize him, to pay attention. And, and it's not just like, oh, Jesus is kind of cool. He's this really great moral teacher. Or I've heard, you know, he was a revolutionary hippie. And I've heard, you know, he was this homeless guy. I've heard lots of different things about Jesus where people let him just kind of pass by. And you can learn about Jesus, you know, for forever. But there's this idea of receiving Jesus, holding on to Jesus, taking, taking, taking hold of Jesus. To receive him is to grab onto him. There's this sense of almost desperation, but definitely intent when you grab hold of Jesus. And to all who would receive him, who would believe in his name, who believe in his name. What does that mean, to believe in someone's name? It means to trust them. It means to put your hope in them. It means that you submit your life to them. It's about, it's about letting them lead you, to believe in their name, to give allegiance to, to believe in the name of Jesus. Now, what's really interesting is, is Jesus, uh, is, his title is Christ, okay? So, Jesus Christ. The name Jesus means God saves, And the title Christ means the anointed one of God, who comes from God, who is God. Okay, so so when we think of Jesus Christ, to literally believe in his name is to believe that Jesus is the one from God who saves us. Okay, so to believe in Jesus, to believe in his name, to put your hope in that, to pledge allegiance to that, is literally to mean that he is, you believe that he is from God to save us. So all who would receive him, who would believe in his name, he gives the right, he gives the right to become children of God. That Jesus gives this right, gives this privilege, that we can come into the family of God on his credentials. It's his perfect life. It's his, uh, it's his death on the cross. It's his resurrection. We talked about that last week, right? We, we are in harmony, in, in, in unity in that. And with that, we are brought into the family of God with all the rights and all the privileges, and we carry the family name of God the Father. So, so what does it look like to be adopted it means to grab hold of Jesus, to give your life to Jesus, and literally believe that he's the one who can save you. And in that belief, he gives us, he gives us the right, the privilege, the access of becoming a child of God. It's, a, it's an incredible exchange. You give your life, he gives you his. It's, it's a great deal no matter what day of the week you do that on. And so just know that that's, that's what it means. That that's how we get adopted. He gives us his life. You're like, that sounds really cool, but what does it mean? Like, what's the experience like? What does it feel like to be adopted? What does it feel like to be adopted? And in Romans 8, 15, it says this. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. 
But you've received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We did not receive a spirit of slavery. We, didn't, we weren't brought in and God says, you know what, I got a plan for you, just come in. And as soon as you commit, now he makes you a slave. That's not how this works. This isn't some crazy bait and switch. God says, no, I bring you in as sons. You're adopted. You're not a slave. God doesn't, God doesn't hang this over our head. He doesn't hang our past over our head. And he doesn't condemn us every day saying, you should be grateful that I even recognized you all the while feeding us crumbs and clothing us in rags. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. God says, you are my son. You are my daughter. I'm going to bring you into my family. You are not a slave. You are a son. You are a daughter. And you can come to me any time you want. You can cry out to me. You can whisper to me. You can come to me any time you want want. You're a part of the family. And what I think is amazing is later in the book of John, Jesus says that, that when he goes back up into heaven, when he ascends back up, he's going to prepare a room for us. He's going to prepare a room for us. If we think about when you adopt people or, or whenever a child comes into a family, whether through birth or adoption, right, what do the parents do? They, they, they create a space for their child before they even arrive. That there's this room that they decorate and they put things up that would be of interest, right? And they, they paint the walls and they put up furniture and they put up pictures and they write in journals and they get ready, right? And so like when we come to see Jesus face to face, whether when we, when we are done with this life and we go see him or he comes back, whichever comes first, he's going to say, I've been expecting you. I've, I've actually prepared a room for you. Would you like to see your room? Would you like to see your room? Like, think about the imagery of, of, of the reality of that. That's incredible, that God prepares a room for us. And he says, I want to show you your room. Would you like to see your room? Because you belong here. You're part of the family. He says, that's what it's like. We're not, we're not given a spirit of slavery. We're given a spirit of adoption. We're given a spirit of adoption. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now, uh, the word Abba, maybe it's unfamiliar to you, but I'm just going to explain it. So Abba is a Swedish word for band. I'm just kidding. That's not the band Abba. But what we're saying is the Aramaic term is Abba means father, but it's more, it's, it's more familiar. It's, um, it's more likened to Papa. It's more likened to Daddy. Um, we have uh, two wonderful children, and I remember teaching them to uh, speak. It's not like when, when they were like infants, you know, we were looking at them going, can you say father? Can you say mother? Maybe father dearest? Can you say father dearest? We didn't, we didn't teach them that way. What, how did we teach them? We taught them to say daddy. Can you say mommy? Can you say mama? Can you say daddy? Can you say Papa? Can you, you know, we, we taught them in these, these beautiful terms of endearment. And what the Bible is telling us, what the Word of God is telling us in this moment is that when we talk to the Heavenly Father, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Sustainer of all things, we get to call Him Dad. We can cry out to Him. 
because we are adopted into the family. We can have the confidence to call on the heavenly king of the universe. We can call him dad. We can cry out in the middle of the night like a child crying out for their daddy or like the college student that calls home because they really miss their dad and they need advice and they need guidance and they need reassurance. It's that attitude that Jesus says, you've been given a spirit of adoption. Not just the idea of adoption, not just kind of like, you've been adopted. And it's incredible. I, I, remember, I remember grasping this. Because I, I remember growing up, I grew, to, I grew up going to church all the time. And, and I remember, like, I, I never struggled with God's goodness. Like, I, I, for some reason, I just have always said, yeah, God's good. I've never struggled with the idea that God is loving. I, I've no, like, God loves. Yeah, no, that's good. God is pure. God is holy. God is just. God is love. I get all of those things. That, that wasn't a problem for me to know that God was love. I just couldn't believe and had no comprehension of why God's love would want anything to do with me. You see, I, I, I thought that God was love, and at the same time, God was unbelievably disappointed in me. I thought that I thought God's love is great, vast and good and true, but there's no way he would want anything to do with me. Cuz I knew who I was. I knew that I was broken. I knew that I had messed up. I knew I had sinned. I knew that I was, you know, I I knew a lot of things about me. And I remember thinking that I had to perform for God. I had to perform for God. That's what I was going to do. I was going to show him that, that he could come near me because I would be lovable, right? That he would give his love because I would be lovable. And so I would try really hard. And if I somehow thought I succeeded, it never really felt like I succeeded because I always knew deep down that there was, it wasn't perfect. And when I failed, oh man, I would go deep into despair, and I remember this getting so exhausting trying to perform for God. So I said, you know what? His bar is too high. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to impress other people instead. I'm going to look for their validation. I'm going to look for them to love me and them to accept me and them to choose me and them to bring me in. So, so then I started performing for other people. And, 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 and when people would say, oh, you're a great friend or you're this or you're funny or this, all these different things, and, and you would get like this high, but it would last for just a little bit. And I remember getting really, really frustrated with people because no matter how much they validated me, no matter how much they encouraged me, I knew that there was something, just this big gaping wound in my soul. And so I would get really frustrated with people that they weren't God to me and they couldn't be God to me and that made me mad. And I remember just getting really, really frustrated and then I remember learning about God's adoption. And I learned about that God brought me into a family. That I, was, that I was loved right where I was at. And that God would discipline me and correct me and encourage me. But, but the reality was, is that God loved me right where I was at. There wasn't going to be a time when God brought me into his office, gave me a 90-day performance review, and told me, shape up or you're out of here. That was never going to happen. And I thought for so long, that's, that's what I lived in fear of. God said, you're not my employee, you're not my slave, 
You're my son. And I love you. Just the washing of that was incredible. And to be at, at rest in my soul was like nothing I've ever felt before. And I, I want everybody to know that. I want everybody not to know my own story, but, but also I want everybody to know that you can have that too. That this is available to everyone. That to all who would believe, that all who would receive Jesus and believe in his name, he would give us the right to become children of God. And so if you're here today and you know that adoption, celebrate it. Thank the good Lord Jesus for it. Worship him. And for those who are watching this going, man, I, I want that so bad. It's about receiving him. It's about believing in his name. And he adopts us. God, I want to be adopted. He says, okay. I'll adopt you. In fact, I've actually been expecting you and I've been preparing a room for you. Would you like to see it? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this time. And God, I thank you that you are the God of adoption and the Father who adopts. God, I, I pray that we who have been adopted are just so excited and that we just, we just want to say thank you. And for those who are listening today, they know that they can be adopted too. That, that you are still adopting and you love a huge family. And so you're continuing to adopt. So Lord, today, I pray for people who are in that spot. God, that they would pay attention to you, recognize you, that you are the God of the universe. And that by the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus, their sins can be forgiven and paid for. And we can walk into your family with confidence, not in ourselves, but in what you've done for us. And it's by putting our trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name. Amen.